Attention residents, welcome to the lottery spin. Jordan to Delta, you're moving out to the island. Transported to the world's last paradise. I think they're gonna kill you. I'm going to the island. There is no island! Come on! Two of our products have escaped. How come we never did this before? The director of The Rock and Armageddon. The tongue thing is amazing. I know you're new to this whole human thing, but backpacks for boys, purses for girls. Understand? We're not idiots. Well, excuse me, miss. I'm so smart, I can't wait to go to the island. McGregor. I just want to live. I don't care how. Scarlett Johansson. Don't draw me like it! You still think there's an island? And welcome back to the Film Real Cast. By the sounds of that trailer, you've guessed it, we're reviewing 2005 Michael Bay's action movie. Apart from when you walk, you walk in slow motion. And when you crash, you crash in slow motion. We are doing <laughs> The Island. And I can't do that, obviously, as usual, without the fun gang, which is 80s Paul and Neil. Hi. Hi. I'm not 80s, Neil. I was born in the 80s, but I, I left. <laughs> Exactly. Unlike, unlike Paul. <laughs> all remain there. You're all about Boyzone in blue, mate, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know me so well, don't you? You really do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're doing the island, Michael Bay. I mean, Ooh. this is your choice, Neil. I mean, tell us about it. What made you choose this wonderful film? Well, I just remember watching it years and years ago, and I really enjoyed it. And I have got it on DVD, of all things, because I have a vast collection of films good and bad and yeah. i just so i said i really remember enjoying this film so i thought i i thought i'd see what you guys thought of it let's put it that way that's that's why i chose it you put yourself out there and yeah. you're gonna see what happens but yeah i mean michael bay some love him or hate him call him a one-trick pony i mean the guy has got a cv with some amazing films and some amazing disasters i mean Paul, I know he didn't really do any film in the 80s, so it's going to be hard to find one for you. But if you had to <laughs> think of a film or a couple of films, because it's hard to choose just one, what kind of film, what film is his favourite? What's your go-to Michael Bay film, boys? Do you have one, Paul? No, I need to Google. Hang on a bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wave one, chap. It's like having someone with no arms, no legs, who's in a football team playing up front having Paul on his podcast. That's yes. what it's like. Michael Bay movies. Neil, you go ahead. I'm going to try and find something. I'll be honest with you. Until I rewatched this, I had no idea it was Michael Bay. So all I really know him for is the new Transformers films. Oh, okay. Um, as in sort of director and stuff like that, or producing and stuff like that. He's written all over it. Um yeah. Yes, and uh, he's remade the Ninja Turtles films, which, love them or hate them, they've got a place. But, Down the fucking toilet, that's the place for them. Yeah, Absolute yeah. Shit. To be fair, I mean, yeah, I think you look at you do look at his films, and generally they're all the same, aren't they? Let's be honest. They are. Oh, God, they yeah, are. They're, they're, they're kind of... <laughs> 
they're done with a filter that's so that's such a, a weird kind of I don't know the, the colors are so strange yeah. and it's like everything I mean he's he's done music videos to start with which you can really yes. tell because they influence all of his films and especially the slow-mo walk and he loves to film from the ground looking up perspective and he does that in bad boys and he's the king of product placement as well but I mean if if Paul, you, if you've got to look up his films, I'm really not taking <laughs> much on. in when you're actually going to grade some of your favourite films that he done. When you like, I haven't got a clue what he's done, but I'll tell well, you my, my favourite. <laughs> I'm looking at them now. Now, I've seen Amateurville Horror 2005. That's on the original. <clears throat> uh, what else have I seen? It's going to be trick to pick a favourite, isn't it? Uh, it is going to yeah, be hard. What's is, yours, Stu? What's your, what's your go-to? Well, Do you know, I well, my favourite one he's probably done is Pain and Gain. That's probably my favourite uh, uh. because that isn't really a a typical Michael Bay mm. film, as in kind of like Bad Boys um, or in like the Transformers, um, like the films he did. I mean, or Six Underground. He does really fast, kind of like furious films where it's all. The women are really good looking. There aren't any fat, obese women. If they are, they always die. The guys are always <laughs> good looking. And everyone's got a tan and they dress really stylish. That, that's his kind of films. And I love The the Purge. They're good fun. Mm. They really are. But Pain and Gain, it's got The Rock in. It's got uh, Mark Wahlberg. And it's a really, really good film based on a true story. And it's it's great fun, Pain and Gain. It's completely different to what he'd done before. What's the quiet place like? What's the what? A Quiet Place? Yeah. That's the one um, where they can't talk because if you do talk, then you're going to get killed. Um, I think that's the one. I think that was... um, Yeah. But that was John Krasinski, who is Emily Blunt's husband. They were both in it. And so that's directed by John Krasinski. So I don't know what Michael Bay's got to do with that, whether he was... um, in on the screenwriting uh, of it at all, but I know Krasinski uh, did one and two. I can't Pop believe he, he did. Um, I didn't realize he did The Rock as well. <clears throat> and Armour. Yeah, again, slow yeah. motion. Yeah, Pearl Harbor, the disaster. Yeah, yeah it's it's weird. <laughs> There's so many films that he's done yeah. that you've seen. You kind of think, I didn't realize he did that. Yeah. But and when you look at his whole library of films, they're kind of all the same. If you see yeah. what I mean. No. The same style, but that's made him like a multi multi millionaire. So, um, I mean, you can't he, knock him, can you? You can't knock him at all, honestly, even though he's done some films that are absolutely terrible. <laughs> so, but I mean, Amityville, <laughs> that's done already. The Hitcher, the original's much better. So, it's just Thanks some uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the, um, Transformer films. Honestly, I'd hate to review those films. I really, really would. They're the first ones, all right. Yeah. Megan Fox is obviously great to watch, but they're just a load of poop. They really are poop films. And the people get orange, more and more orange, don't they, as the yeah. films go on? I don't know what happened to them at all. Did they? Did they eat, drink too much of that Capri Sun stuff? Or I know it's terrible, isn't it? It, it really just, is. It's ridiculous yeah. how orange they are. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, Six Underground, which came out on Netflix, which is like a massive film um, starring Ryan Reynolds. That was a complete disaster. And that bombed. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It's a trash film. It's an action film. It's a real no brainer film. Um, 
but you've got Ryan Reynolds as one, and then you've got his. They're all called like one, two, three, four, five, and six. It's just oh, a. Good. It's funny. It's like a heist film, but it's Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool in other films where he can't be called Deadpool. <laughs> Isn't uh, that just Ryan Reynolds? It's a uh, well, he stars in it, but it's like loads of car chases and stuff. It's on Netflix still. It was made for Netflix, but it just. I like Ryan Reynolds, but generally he just plays Ryan He's another um, matey boy, uh, the one that was in the Meg. Oh, what? Um, um, what the? Oh, God, what's his name? He's Jesus he, Christ. Yeah. He doesn't even know what act, accent he's going to do half the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Just, but Ryan Reynolds is basically the same character in every film he yeah. plays. It's like Robert Downey Jr. He's going to be yeah. Tony Stark no matter what. And <laughs> Yeah. But I've never got a problem with that, honestly. The more Tony Stark, the better. But well, he's dead, yeah. so tough. So this film, I say, I saw this quite a while back, um, and I, then I kind of left it. It was a massive gap, and then I came in, and my better half was watching it, and I sat down and watched half of it. Um, and when I sat down for the podcast, there was so much that I picked up, and I honestly couldn't believe that, even though I knew it was Scarlett Johansson in this, obviously it's Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. Um, she plays uh, Jordan Tudel or in his Lincoln Six Echo. Um, doesn't look like her at all, does it? Not the Scarlett Johansson who everyone knows, who's uh, Black Widow. No, no, she's absolutely beautiful, though, isn't she? I, I, she's mm. out of this world. How do you rate her as an actress? Fantastic. <laughs> I'm not talking about a porn actress. I'm talking about as a serious actress. <laughs> No, she she is a good actress, you know. Yeah, she's cast in. Well, is she that'd be harsh to say that she's cast in this because of how attractive she is. If, I, if you say Michael she's Bay, a good actress, apart from uh, the Marvel films and this film, name three other films that she's been in. Name three other. I, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Shit, Lucy, she was good in that. She's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's generally the Avengers, isn't it? And stuff like that, that you remember her from because she's been in so many of those. Yeah. But yeah, she has done other good films. It's just. You know, the only good film that I remember her doing and Lucy is my favourite. I mean, I said when we did the podcast, I named um, our lovely little doggy Mm. after Lucy. And but I really, really like her. Where she's Samantha, the voice of the um, of the software system for Joaquin Phoenix. That is an amazing film. She's not in it as an actress, but she's in it just for her voice, and she's got a really sexy voice. But it's such a good film, so okay. I totally recommend her in that. And she did the disaster, which I watched, and I don't understand it. Rav probably would because he loves his, um, he's really into his kind of comics and stuff like that. But that Ghost in the Shell did not understand that film at all meant nothing to no me. the problem with ghost in the shell is it's a massive franchise in animation and then to try and put that into an hour and a half film it was never going to work i um, just didn't know yeah you're not unless you unless you've seen the anime you're never going to understand that film properly because it's just it, it's so all over the place it's just no yeah. it's for anime fans and basically for perverts to look at Scarly Hansen. Yeah, that's the category I, I went into, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest. 
So, Paul, I, have you ever seen the island before we did this? I know I can answer this, but I, I, wanted, just, I want you to do it. Can I just say, before we said you, you answer that one, um, which I think you don't want the answer will be, she's in Lost in Translation, which is a fab film. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's a great film. Wow. Her and Bill Murray. That was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. A long time ago I saw it, and it's probably worth a view again. It is a very but good film. Very yeah. good film, yeah. Okay. So the answer to your question is no, I hadn't seen it. Oh, very good. I'm just trying to add a bit of moody atmosphere on the pod, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of tension. <laughs> your eyes are lying. <laughs> yeah. So the island. is this, the, the story is very short and the story is very simple, but it's still very good. A man living in a futuristic sterile colony begins to question um, his... I always think it's circumcised, but it isn't. No, it's, no, it's no. not. <laughs> Circumscribed <laughs> existence. Um, when his friend is chosen to go to this magical island, um, the last uncontaminated uncan- place on Earth. And has anyone seen Logan's Run? No. No. I can't believe you haven't seen it, Paul, because it is a film that's... Um, I think it was made in nice. No, I think it's even before the eighties, to be hang honest. Logan's run, nineteen seventy-six. Maybe I've seen it, but hang on, my memory's not. I've what definitely it was. heard of it, but I couldn't for, honestly say that I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> it stars Michael York um, and Jenny Agatha. Fawcett. I'm not too sure whether she's in it. Yeah, but, but it's it's um it's very similar to this in a way where it's kind of set in a future and they're tricked into into believing their existence is specific reason and and kind of logan is a like a police officer who hunts down people um and it kind of i really got a logan's run vibe of it I mean, it's a really old film but it's well worth seeing if um if it's on tv again no, but but this yeah this film is i'd say it surprised me when I watched it again. And the start of it, I kind of forgot a lot of what happened. And it starts on this ship, a really, really nice ship. You've got Ewan McGregor there, and he's wearing his trendy white tracksuit. Scarlett Johansson looks like something from a uh, a perfume advert or some kind of music video. And he's just about to try it on with her. And he falls into the sea, and all these kind of like zombie things start grabbing him. It's a really weird start to the film if you don't know what it's about, isn't it? Oh, massively. Very, yeah. Yeah, intriguing. Yeah, and it kind of throws you into thinking: Is this an like an apocalypse film, or are they going to go on the island and it's going to be full of zombies and stuff like that? And it's going to be one of those tropey films. But what's funny is that it's uh, made in two thousand and five, but it's set in the future. And I always love this. It makes me feel old that mm. it, the future is two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I know. Yes. Think, oh isn't god! Like, oh, none of this happened. <laughs> yeah i know that's like yeah great vision Complete yeah they bollocks. had real high expectations of 2019 yeah especially everything's really calm and when you look out the window there's three mile queues for petrol because loads of yeah. twats need to put four quid in just to make sure they've got a constant full tank yeah dickheads yeah second that second that but you soon realize that you mcgregor um <clears throat> Who in this, as I said earlier, he plays a character called Lincoln Six Echo, and you you soon work out why he's called that. He wakes up and everything's really sterile, everything's really clean and white, and it, and it's simply like a prison cell. And even when he goes for a piss, his piss is being analysed to the nutrients in his body, and 
everything's disposable. He throws his clothes away and all his clothes are set out the next day. It's really, really strange. And I don't know, you can't even like rub one out. I, I imagine you'd be noticed <laughs> if you did that. I don't think it's too early in the pod to start talking about that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I think rubbing one out is this is about right time for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I agree, but it falls down later on in this film and you'll see later on where and how I don't quite understand. There's quite a few things in this film that fall apart quite quickly. But um, yeah, it's a very odd start, isn't it? Like you say, a massive weird dream that's quite freaky and then all of a sudden he's in a room and... It does seem very futuristic, doesn't it? Yeah, you could be fooled to thinking he's in space and there's like a yeah. space station just because of the the tracksuits they're wearing. And when he gets outside, everyone's there and they're all wearing the same thing and no one's questioning anything. They're all kind of like worker ants, aren't they? Just all going in the same direction and no one's really talking. But mm. you soon realise the reason for this and also why... Some of them don't have very many social skills and they act quite childish, don't they? Yeah, yeah they're they do, very yeah. infantile. And you see that they're going through learning to read and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was really surprised when you see that Michael Clark Duncan, uh, he's always John Coffey in the Green Mile. He comes up on the screen and he's gone to the island and he talks about how amazing it is and that your dreams can come true. And Stark with the two Delta here. And as you know, the biggest dream of my life just came true. I mean, I've only been with you guys for like six months, but I won the lottery. <laughs> That's right, six me, months. Starkweather, okay? To go out and breathe fresh air, swim in the ocean. I can't believe I won. You call me Mr. Popular. I know. <laughs> it's me. It's me. You, you also kind of get like a running man vibe out of this, don't you? Mm. Yeah, yeah, you do, actually, because he's talking about the fact that he's won, isn't he, and how lucky he's going to be and that he's going there and all this sort of stuff. No, yeah, it is quite running, man, actually. I hadn't put that together. I, I know a man who did. Paul, you did, I bet. You've seen the running man loads of times. I should oh, jeez, a long time ago, but I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> the running man, that's ancient. That was that was well in my time. That's I'm a brilliant talking about film the dance well. move either, mate. <laughs> hey man, I'd be scorching the carpet. <laughs> yeah, your age, oh, mate, fire. you would do. Did you you in Dragging my arse along. What? <laughs> but one of the geezers gets a hump that he hasn't gone to the island, and he kind of bangs on the like the screen, and it's. He gets like a warning, and when they come out the door, everyone's shitting themselves because you see these guys turn up in black. And it's always like this, not like a police uniform, but it always reminds me of like a Nazi uniform, isn't it? Mm. It is, yeah. It's a bit tropey. They may as well have had like kind of little moustaches and stuff like that because everyone's (laughs) shit scared of them. (laughs) Yeah, moustaches. They're all running around. There's a couple of... Yeah, there's a couple of um, scenes in that where it just reminded me. It was just a little... made you feel really uncomfortable because there was that, and there was later on there was an incinerator and it just made you feel really uncomfortable. There's several things, several scenes in this film and that just, oh yeah, it was just a little bit, I enjoyed the film obviously, but it was just, yeah, very similar to, you know, yeah, it was just. Similar to what? Well, just the events in the past, you know, that, that just reminded me of, 
Um, doing like Auschwitz, things like that. Yeah, like the Nazis. do you know what I mean? Where they, they eventually, they, they, they later on down the film, they, they put a lot of people in an incinerator, and um, yeah, it just made you just, just to, yeah, it's not very nice. Yeah, the the, the morality of this film is questionable as to as to what kind of side of the fence you're on to a certain degree. I think you can argue both sides, pretty much like the kind of Thanos argument, but you realise there's loads of females, everyone is really healthy, and you'll find out a bit later on why that is, and all the guys are healthy, and there's kind of all ethnicities and all ages as well. Um, and again, all of this becomes really, really evidently clear, that they get everything given to them, and they're they don't realise that they're subjects, basically. And I think when you talk about morals, obviously, for those who haven't seen the film, we're going to complete spoilers. These are all guinea pigs being harvested for other people. Um, and their time is just basically counting down until they die. A, a very horrible death. But the people working there, like, for instance, when Ewan McGregor walked up to get some breakfast, every, all the workers are wearing black. And you think, do all of those workers know that these people are just guinea pigs for this experiment and that they're all going to die? What do you think? Yeah, I think they know. Some of them certainly know because they work in the they work in the uh, the rooms where they're being created. They must, you know, there must be some kind of conversations that go on that it's just general knowledge. Because yeah. it's pretty tough, isn't it? If you went to work every day and you met these people, and obviously being human beings they start to get emotions and you get attachments and things like that but knowing that they're just there and everything is fake and they're there just to be killed at some point murdered at some point for someone else's benefit you think god you must have no morals or conscience to be able to go to work and look these people in the eye but you guess it's drilled into them and they're not actual human beings they're they're, they're donors aren't they they're just oh, 100%. They're so it's drilled into them, and you can see the the the, the response of the, the the reaction of the nurse <clears throat> when um, a woman's given a baby, uh, giving birth to a baby, and you know what's coming. She takes the baby away, and and, and you know the the woman's going to get killed, and there's just no feeling there whatsoever, is there? And that's a nurse. Yeah, you definitely. Know, a henchman. And that's uh, I mean, uh, as I say, we'll, we'll always spoil this. I mean. It, Getting into this, do you think when it comes to the person going on the island, we know they don't go on the island, they go into like the laboratory and they get they get killed. Do you think that's murder or, as you said, Paul, they're just donors and it's not murder. It's just they're playing their part and they're made to die. I think it's murder. I think, personally, I think it's murder because you can't, you know, Sean Bean can't say whether the person, you know, he, he just sees it as parts and event, a venture, but it's and science. But that person is living, breathing, has feelings. You know, you can see the the, the bond beginning to grow between um, um, Ewan McGregor and and um, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, and every time they they, they they touch, they're told to keep the distance and proximity distance. So you can see that they do have feelings in that. So yeah, I think it's murder. What do you think, Neil? Oh, it's completely murder, isn't it? Because they they know, you know, they the only reason they don't know what's going on is because it's been kept a secret from them. But they've got thoughts, feelings, and everything exactly the same. They are 
basically just a copy of a, of the original person. So they're human beings. It's murder. There's, you know, if they were just in a sack and they never had sentient feelings, you know, they never realised they were even in existence. That's slightly different. But it's yeah. it's still, you know, because you're growing something to use all the organs. However, if they're alive and walking about and and like Paul said, getting thoughts and feelings and everything else, and you're basically feeding them a lie to then just kill them off. Yeah, it's definitely murder in my opinion. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you, mate. Yeah. It's um they talk, they want relationships. And that's the interesting yeah. part of when they are do go together, they're kind of policed and told to stay away. Because obviously, if they do start copulating, then that could ruin their genetics. And if their body's needed, and then if they're pregnant, it's just going to ruin everything. Because each one is worth millions and millions of dollars, isn't it, from the host yeah. who's bought them. And we learn later on that even the president has got his own clone there, um, waiting uh, basically if he gets anything wrong with him, if he gets assassinated or any kind of illness, that they can then take the clone kill him take any body part any organ and that's it i mean it's it's sick really it's really inventive though yeah it makes you think doesn't Mm. it 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 just sort of it does make you think about things about what would you if you knew that this could happen would you and you had the money to do it would you do it and that's it if you had a sick child yeah or anything and you could prolong that wife the life of them and you never have to meet that being because remember mm. when they actually go there these people they're just shown this kind of sack of organs which is which they claim is being bred and there's no feelings there's no conversation and we can just take out what you need and put it back in your body so these people don't have to look them in the eye and find out what's actually going on no. and if you knew that you'd obviously naively invest in it so well, the, the clients but, didn't know did they the clients didn't no. know no no, they no they're shown something completely different mm. but and you see sean bean and sean bean you always know really nine times out of ten sean bean is going to be a baddie <laughs> in any film don't you yeah oh big time i think he beat his all-time best actually but he, he he bit the bullet at two hours and six minutes that's not bad going is it no well you didn't do too bad in um golden eye did he he lived quite long then no that's yeah, yeah. That's the main was it the first hour maybe yeah yeah but so sean bean plays like um the doctor who's comes across as supposedly being um in charge of their welfare he's dr bernard merrick and the first time you see him in this is where ewan mcgregor's had this dream and he talks to him and he talks about the boat and he comes up with the name of the boat um which is something in latin which i can't pronounce it's something like the ravenato or something like that um Renato. 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 <laughs> it's, it's the Renovato. <laughs> is it the Renovato? <laughs> yeah. George, yeah. Why don't you tell me about your dream? Well, it's the same dream every time. I'm on a boat headed to the island. A boat? What kind of boat? A nice boat. Draw it for me, would you? So, you're heading toward the island. What happens then? I drown. Really? Why do you think that is? I don't know. You tell me. 
And he obviously he's never seen a boat before. He never certainly never been on a boat. And he draws this amazing boat. And um and he says the Renovata, I don't know where that name came from, and it it doesn't mean anything to me, but this is where I was and I was surrounded by water and I don't know if he t- I can't remember who tells him he was with Scarlett Johansson or not I'm no, not too sure he doesn't know he just says about the fact he's he drowns and he's on this boat and stuff like that and then he sort of starts saying about questions things doesn't he you yeah know, he wants to know more about what's going on he doesn't quite understand no you learn that he's the first person like this isn't he yes mm. yeah he is so he's sort of he's he's asking questions and no one else normally does they've just followed this scenario that's been put there isn't it where it's, they, there's been a contamination around the world and he's the survivor that's been found and at some point he's going to go off to the the island which is the only last inhabitable place on earth mm. you know, the, go on national carols no, i was just saying he's the first like you said he's the first one to start questioning what's what's going on you know how do yeah. they keep finding people and all this type of stuff you know later on during the film um it, it comes out <clears throat> that um they you know they're they're given these stories you know they're just impregnated with these stories through um visual imagery etc and there's only about 12 or 13 actual stories but they tweak them slightly you think there's thousands of people in that in that environment and they talk about their past they're all going to have very similar stories, so it makes you question that surely they're going to go, well, I had the, I had exactly the same experience when I was a child, you know, and just yeah. eventually but, it would just... They do say the gonna, they tweak it, though, don't they? Tweak it, but, like, how do you tweak 12 stories for, like, 20,000 people? You know, it's just... Yeah, it didn't sit with me because... Yeah. You see that everyone's going to start questioning it, saying, hang on a minute, how come you had the same experience as me? And Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, Paul, on that. And that's one of the things. There's there's a few times in this film where it just sort of starts to seem seem to like start coming apart a little bit mm. with the story. It's a very clever idea, and that's why I like this film. Very clever. It's just it's. I like the fact it makes you ask questions, and it's it it is just quite. It's a it's a really interesting take on something. But mm. yeah, there's quite a few times within it, and you're like, you know, you, people would see through that, surely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this would be better as like a, a 12 um, week show on Netflix rather than a film? They can invest more time into different things. Do you think it would work well? Yeah, because I think you could follow numerous people, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think other- it would work. Yeah, I think it would. I think it would work. But, it, I mean, this film does work to a certain degree, hence why, you know, I like it. But, well, that's my opinion. But, yeah, I think you're right. A, um, a longer series would be good, more, a lot more fun. Yeah, because the film's two hours and 16 minutes long, isn't it? I mean, it's a, yeah. a long film you're invested in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the when he goes to see Sean Bean and he tells him about these dreams, he wants to check out his kind of doing like an analysis on his brain. And he's skipping way into the future. You're talking Matrix style when he drops those little beads onto oh, his no. cheek and the spiders look like go into his eye and they'll monitor his brain and they'll come out of his penis a bit later on. I mean, it was yeah. tech way ahead. I mean, if he actually thought that we were going to get something like this in 2019, he was uh, <laughs> absolutely dreaming. He must have been smoking crack that day. 
yeah. they did get right was a, a number of Toyota Priuses in uh, the LA streets. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, really creepy, isn't it? Those yeah, little things yeah. go into his eye. And yeah, the special effects look pretty good. And you kind of, you get hints of things where he's out and they've all kind of like ants really, or little smurfs when they've all got their jobs to do and they don't know why they do it. They just do it. And they're mm. never told what it's for. And I, I quite like the hints when you get the, the difference between like the guy sitting opposite you and McGregor is happy just with his syringe, just filling up these kind of things which go into a tube. And he said, well, um, we eat food and then we we inject this in and this makes food for us to eat and it's one big cycle and he's quite happy with a really simple explanation whereas and he can't understand why you mcgregor is overthinking things yeah. and th- thinking too much about it and it's i love the difference between how the system should work as in this guy who is with who's doing this job like a child as to someone else and then you do see a new person mm. who to be honest <laughs> is like it is a child they can't yeah. function they have no motor skills whatsoever do they yeah, yeah. He's, he's for, obviously just come out of the sack hasn't he for a yeah. second for a second the guy who's sitting opposite him um even friends for a second when he pulled that bit of paper out and he said i need to show you something i thought this guy was going to turn out to be a he was hiding behind this like, idiocy, but he was actually actually a genius. But um, his calculations around the um, who was actually winning was just was ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it, yeah, just a buffoon. Yeah, but it's it, just I'm interesting not... though, isn't it? Because he's turned around saying, "Oh, we're feeding nutrient ions because of blah blah blah," and like you said, Stu, he's quite happy with that. No problem yeah. whatsoever. And he goes, you know, like and you and goes, "Well, where do the chews go?" And he goes, "Well, they go from there to there." You know, really layman yeah. term bullshit. And then yeah. he pulls yeah. out a piece of paper where he's done all these equations because he thinks the lottery's rigged. It's, <laughs> it's like he's got two completely different spectrums of his yeah his personality. It's, yeah. It didn't sit with me at all, this bit. No. Like, it's funny, but you're like, surely if he's that intelligent that he thinks he's worked out the lottery's fixed. He yeah, wants to know what the fuck he's doing for a living. Yeah, it's as if being stupid's an axe, but it clearly wasn't an axe, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, it, kind of, it starts to get a, a bit sinister when one of the, the ladies is pregnant. Um, and it is interesting that she, why she's pregnant. Because when you think, when you and McGregor and Scarlett Johansson were together, they were divided and there was a, a warning of punishments um, should they breach kind of the, the, the distance rules. Um, which certain people have against each other. So it'll be interesting to see how this lady got pregnant, whether it, I'd, yeah, I'd love to I was, have known. Was, yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Um, what they did get right was the proximity rules, like keep two metres apart for yeah. 2020. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right, Stu. I just didn't, I, I was like, how did she get pregnant? Was it before I, she, I don't know. Yeah, I'm guessing because obviously they're grown aren't they so this particular person has been grown to have a child for her donor so i'm suspecting they've sort of grown her as they do everybody else and then Mm. artificially inseminated her to them but she's coming to the colony pregnant if you like Mm. yeah they would have done the story of we found her and oh look 
she's pregnant as well. How wonderful. Yeah, because Ewan McGregor didn't even know about French kissing, did he? So no. it's, it's, no. he's the kind of the most advanced thought-wise. But he certainly does know how to trick them when he pulls that disc out. And he says there's kind of contamination in the programs not working. And he's then told to go to this other sector, this restricted area. Um, and we learn the reason why he's going there is to meet an actor who I, I really like. I wish he would have got more um, screen yeah. time. Who's Steve Buscemi, who plays James McCord. And you learn that James McCord works in kind of one of the sectors very close to the outside. Um, and he's kind of like a warehouse maintenance and he's really chilled out. He's not one of the, the subjects, but he's got a really close relationship with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and which is odd, isn't it? It is strange because he's lying to him completely. And I think it's really strange Ooh. that he manages to maintain this close relationship and this supposedly very good friendship which is based 100 percent on lies well yeah i mean that's the thing he knows that he's a product he knows yeah. that he's only there so he can be killed for his organs if his donor when his donor needs him but yeah he's quite happy to have a drink with him and talk to him about certain parts of the world like as in he finds the nudie calendars in the indoor st- and yeah. stuff like that but you know, and he even talks about the fact that oh, you know, don't don't blame me if you get contaminated. But he's a really odd character, isn't he? Because I don't know how you could do that. No, I don't. And when you think he's risking, if he was caught with him, the punishments would be like severe punishments. I should imagine against Steve Buscemi's character. Mm. So why is he taking the risk of being so friendly with him when he knows he's going to die? And he's just lying to him. It, it seems a really strange mm. friendship that Steve Buscemi isn't gaining anything from it. I, I just just don't get it. And Ewan McGregor acts really immature, goes back to being childish when he's around there, like giggling with the the pictures of like, the women with their like bras on and shit like that. And it's it's a real change in Ewan McGregor's character, and it's a really bizarre one, I think. Yeah. I completely agree. It's it's quite odd because they said that they're educated to be no older than fifteen, mm. and I'm not being funny. When I was fifteen, I knew about all of the things that he has no idea about, yeah. as do I imagine most fifteen-year-old boys. Yeah. So, but they didn't want to encourage that, they did they? Because it would have meant that they would have just been copulating all the time. Yeah, but you at fifteen, I'm not being funny. Even younger than fifteen, most boys realise that girls are attractive and mm. things start happening to your your nether regions around them and stuff like that because yeah. it's just human nature isn't it you know, yeah if they if they bred them to have you know psychology and stuff of younger people like proper children in a sense then that would stand up mm. because no, they you're right actually you're it's right. like oh yeah. that's a girl that's just a person but as soon as you start talking about puberty and stuff like you know nature will always overcome won't it? yeah yeah definitely and, it, and it's strange because whilst he's there he catches that moth which obviously is they said there's no life outside due to the contamination and it kind of goes against everything but again that highlights the risk the unnecessary risk really that steve buscemi's taking yeah. of doing what he's doing and and he doesn't seem that kind of character. And 
because even when he goes into this room, once he leaves you and McGregor, he's already just caught that moth. You then see um, this massive sack full of um, KY jelly. And they use shitloads of KY jelly in this film, apparently. Um, when you go on the like the trivia of how much they used, it's some bizarre amount. It'd be like being in your bedroom, Paul, honestly. It, just to be incredible. But fucking idiot. <laughs> um, when he he sees them, these two guys cut this sack open with this guy in it, and it reminds me of like the Matrix when you see uh, Neo there, and he says, "Oh, I'm going to throw up," but and he acts surprised, but surely he knows about this and he's he must have mm. seen this. I, I don't understand his reaction that he's so shocked and surprised. He's a complex fella, isn't he? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There's no continuity I there. I no. don't get with him. He, he redeems himself later on, but to, to befriend Ewan McGregor and to know that he's going to die and be complicit in this charade, he's got to have no morals. No. No, he doesn't have many morals, does he? I think it's it's sort of pushed. He's pushed to have some at a later point in the film. Mm. But, yeah, maybe that's the thing. He just sees it all a big joke. And I don't know, maybe he just likes Ewan's sort of attitude or something like that. So he just he thought, oh, I'll, I'll have a laugh with him while he is alive and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, but the fact, like you said, Stu, oh, don't cut that out in front of me. I'll blow chunks and stuff. So, mate, you've probably seen it loads of times because you're the maintenance dude. You know, you go yeah. around and fix stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's really, really weird, isn't it? It, it yeah. kind of it, it doesn't really make sense. And I wonder whether, and I didn't look into this because I must admit it's it's not something that is massively life changing. That obviously you see where you and McGregor and Scarlett um, Johansson are having this kind of fight, and it's like digitally done where they're both different sides of the screen, so it's not actual physical contact, which I really do like. And she is kicking his ass. And bearing in mind. Um, she came about in Iron Man 2, which was 2010, as um, uh, Agent Romanoff. Whether this was how kind of this was influenced, if it was at all, the fact that she could do all of this fighting and all this action. Potentially. Potentially. Because she really does She's kick nimble. ass, doesn't she? Yeah. She does kick ass. It's a very odd thing, though, isn't it? I love the massive Xbox sign in there as well. That's, yeah, like you say, the product placement. Right, it's, it's it is over the top. The product placement in this yeah. film. So I, I wonder why they're fighting. Though, what does that give them? Because they're they're literally just being harvested, and I don't know why they bother doing stuff like this. I, it, you know, it's good entertainment to watch, and it's something different, and it shows what possibly you can do tech wise. But it, yeah. Was it possibly a foreshadow to show their resilience later on in, when they were getting hunted down? Possibly, mate. Yeah, possibly. It's the fact that they're showing that she can take care of herself. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a I good bet, shout. I suppose it's a stimulus thing, though, from a storyline point of view of the fact of if you just got them feeding nutrient lines all day and going to bed, you know, that's not very stimulating, is it? You know, no. I suppose no. they had to provide them different entertainment but i think the next bit was the biggest issue i had what was that go for it go on the bar okay why would you when you have a population of males and females that you don't want to have close to each other you then 
put them yeah. into a place where there's loud music and drinks. And they're probably not alcoholic drinks, but ultimately, if there's music, you dance generally it. will dance. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I thought it was really, really strange as well that they're they're mixing together, and you do see some people sitting so close, and I don't yeah. know whether certain people aren't allowed to be with other people. It, it's not really explained, is it? No, it's just odd. It's like as to why, if, but if you guys, it's okay. But and if you're two girls sat next to her, it's okay. But if you're a male and female, you can't. But why would you even consider doing this? It just doesn't. It, you know, if you were one of the guys in black, you'd hate that night, wouldn't you? Because all you yeah, do is going so busy. Come on, move away yeah. from each other. I've it's told fun. you once. I've told you again. So I'm blue in the face. It's your yeah. town centre violence night, isn't it? Yeah, it's just oh, it'd be it's the every worst night. nightmare till I'm yeah. blue in the head. <laughs> move away <laughs> but uh, you and McGregor's disgust Scott Johansson is obviously called out and she wins the lottery which means her time's up her doppelganger who we learned later on in the film is um, a model a very well known model um, she must have something wrong with her so Scott Johansson is she doesn't know it but she's on the chopping board rather than going <laughs> to the island so and he has that dream again he's got that moth in his bedroom um, I don't know why. They're always being watched. Why is there no CCTV in this place that they actually can see that he's got a moth in his bedroom? Well, this is where it all falls down, isn't it? So they can tell when two people are right close to each other and all these other things. And it's, you know, they can make people. Was that but, because of the wristbands, though? The wristbands. Yeah, but he, I'm not being funny. He has that nightmare and then he mm. just wanders about at night doesn't he yeah and doors are open in yeah mm. it just I, I looked at it it's like well, how does that work because they can sense what's coming out of his willy in the morning and they can tell yeah. when he's too close to jordan to delta but if he's wandering about the halls at night it's like oh, i can do what i want yeah uh, they surely must be able to tell he's he's moving yeah. about his doors opened and they register his heartbeat i mean i even know how much mm. um is in his bleeding urine and yeah. and when he's walking around this is when the actual trouble starts for him really is that he goes into like the medical part of the like the the building that he's in and that's when much to his <laughs> absolute disgust and surprise that he sees Michael uh, Clark Duncan who's uh, he plays Starkweather he's, and he's uh, two delta someone and Starkweather is like a massive base. Is a famous basketball player. Is that right? American football. American football footballer. That's it. Um, and whilst these, oh, you, first of all, sorry, I've, I've skipped a bit. You see yeah. that lovely lady who's had that baby, who's meant to be like the most important, memorable time of her life. She's killed. She's kind of euthanized by this nurse who has got such a kind of a sympathetic but evil look on her face. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, mm. shows no emotion. True whatsoever yeah it's creepy as hell it's yeah but you know just imagine that the fact that oh it's just it was chilling it was horrible it's it is horrible the, like, i think the look on her face is it, it is haunting i think isn't it the mm. fact that she's just looking at her in the eyes and sort of half smiling mm. to say it's all right and then holding her feet yeah so it doesn't shake the bed too much as she's basically being euthanized whilst awake yeah it's it's 
fucking awful. It is, and I think it goes to show how many times that she, that lady must have done that mm. to other people. Yeah, definitely. And, and then I think she you're just right. Yeah, takes like, the baby straight away, doesn't she? To yeah. I wonder what was on her CV. <laughs> <laughs> must have no emotion. <laughs> All the application in the Times. <laughs> yeah. The job, but, the job um, advert in the Times. Wanted. But, uh, <laughs> but you're right, Paul. That's when it really reminds you of like concentration camps and things like yeah. that. It's really yeah. spot on. But yeah. it's dark. all for yeah the reason of science. And immediately, straight coming out of her mum, that she's then brought down the corridor to this family who are obviously told that it's um, come to uh, it's come to them. But it's weird what she says because the the midwife. Um, that gives her the baby and she says we have copies of the policy termination um of your records and they don't there's not much q a with regards to where did it come from how's the mum or or anything it's it seems really cold and sterile from the new yeah. parents i think uh, to them they've probably been told that they will just grow her them they will grow them a baby yeah do you think they were right? Yeah, that, I think yeah. yeah, you're probably right, mate. And that and that and that um, yeah, you know, I think you're right. And that's actually the first time you get an inkling that there is actually life on the outside, isn't it? Yes, yeah, very much so. But and you don't know whether these people have come from the island, um, mm. and they were kind of they used to live in this um massive plant or factory, whatever it is. But it just seems really strange but i suppose yeah i always looked at that that someone had the baby for them and there's a mum out there but i suppose they went there knowing that the baby was grown in a a sack mm. yeah. and there wasn't an actual biological mother was there i suppose no. yeah they are, i suppose it's yeah very much the same as <clears throat> going to a clinic these days and you know being inseminated but that it's just grown somewhere else rather than in you yeah i guess yeah Which, that's right yeah and that's when you see Michael Clark Duncan, who is being operated on at the time, which is yeah. really, really grim. They, they've got this big saw that's going down, cutting his chest open. <clears throat> and then he wakes up from his anaesthetic and he's running down the corridor. And man, this guy was a brute, wasn't he? He was a, yeah, an he absolute was. monster. But it yeah, it's such that's a him. shame. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor's there. And they shoot these bolts through his calf, these kind of like harpoons. When these mm. police are after him and he's screaming and it's such a distressing scene to watch, isn't it? He? He's trying to get away. Mm. <coughs> I want to live. I don't want to die because he knows mm. what's coming. No, he's yeah. just sat, he's screaming, isn't he? I just want to go to the island. I don't mm. want to die. And it's like, oh, it's but awful. It's, and it's sad. He still believes there is an island. Yeah. Yeah, Des he does. Yeah. Despite are the fact that he's being chased down this corridor where people and they're shooting at him. And he still believes there's an island, and it's really, really sad, isn't it? And you, you see the, you see him later on, don't you, on the billboard? Yeah, um, yeah. When he's out, you actually see the the proper yeah. one, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably grown him for an ACL or something. Yeah, it would have been interesting to know what they were growing. Why did they shot him in the uh, in the calves, didn't they? So uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that gone. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry, mate. You're on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> it's for a leg injury they've screwed themselves and you and McGregor's there watching all of this happen and 
utter shock yeah. that he's discovered that his mate didn't go to the island and that if he's being dragged down the corridor where they're going to cut his organs out. And it's kind of the worst thing that could happen. Because one of the soldiers picks him up and says, don't worry about it. Like This is just what happens here sometimes and just crack on. Yeah. And he thinks he got away with it. And it pissed me off that when he goes to escape, that he doesn't put that tile back on the yeah. floor. <laughs> yes. Oh no. But then, but then, but then, you, yeah. It, I was the same as you. But he needed that later on, didn't he, to find out where he where he where he come from. But if you would have done that, uh, and you oh, didn't stick want something to be... in when you bit of paper or something, I know. But it's just nonsense. Oh, if I if know. you break out of somewhere where it's just so such high security, and you've just seen someone been going to be murdered, yeah, that you're not careful enough. To actually replace that floor yeah. tile when you've climbed through it, it's. But he needed to go back that way, didn't he? You would never have got his nails down, I don't think. But he could have put something in the to wedge it, I suppose. But uh, I know. I was, just... like, I was like, yeah, I was like, fucking put it back. It's utter nonsense, isn't it? And when they watch the CCTV again, when Sean Bean's watching it, obviously Sean Bean knows <laughs> that um, it's him and something's not right. And by this time. He's then being chased and he goes to get Scarlett Johansson because he knows, having seen um, what happened to Michael Clark Duncan, that the same thing is going to happen to Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a really, con- a pretty, it's a convenient escape. It, the, the escape is so easy, I think. Oh, massively. How they get out. Consi- <laughs> considering how secure this place supposedly is, it's mm. incredibly easy to get out of and into. Yeah, isn't it? It's yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like the opposite of the uh, ACU, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But they do look and they see loads of these bodies, and in inside where all these bodies are, there's loads of sacks. And from when Scarlett Johansson did not believe him um, that this is actually happening, she certainly does now. And that's when you see, which I do like, is a clever touch. Of all of those different bits, and as you were speaking about, Paul, it's when they're, everyone's given their backstory, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see them, all their eyes just like jigging around, taking it in. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a, a a really good concept, and all these people are after them. But I th- as you said, their escape is so easy for for people who don't know where they're going, meant to have an age of around fifteen, mm. and these guys know this place like the back of their hand. It's it's just so contrived and going, it's too easy. Just going back to that scene where they're all being fed the information, it reminded me of your favourite film, Stu. Which one's that one? Street Fighter. Oh, God. <laughs> I blanked that from my mind. That's the god-awful <laughs> film. Oh, my God. What was it you liked about it, Stu? Oh, God, I'm getting PTSD now, honestly. <laughs> just thinking about that, I'm getting Van Damme flashbacks. It's just terrible Jesus. Sorry. Oh, don't mate don't honestly I wouldn't recommend it but they do escape and they're in the middle of nowhere it's like the Arizona desert like area um, 51 or whatever it's fucking called so and they still don't get captured surely they'd have dogs they'd have helicopters they'd have jeeps on, on the ready they'd have CCTV cameras and but they've they've got the tech to reincarnate people, yeah. to make babies, but they don't have the tech to catch someone who escapes. I know. It, it's it's ridiculous. The it, fact that they've just that left a massive they... silo open. <laughs> and they just walk out. 
yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, see ya. I'm done. Could it be because they, they they didn't anticipate anyone over the age of 15 mentally even thinking or contemplating that, you know, or questioning or even, you know, anything that they were just, there was no need for it. Yeah, but that's, that's a massive fall down, isn't it? It wasn't, we all know yeah. that children, especially teenagers, question everything. Yeah. And, and rightly so, in, to a degree. But, you know, it's... Uh, there's, there's a, there, there is a lot of, like I say, there's a lot of issues with this film in the sense of how easy things are and how it how it just wouldn't work. So, yes. You know. Definitely. And then after that, you do realise how much money is involved. Um, and you do get the clip where Sean Bean is showing or giving a presentation to new clients who obviously have something wrong with them um, that what they're actually selling and that's when you see in the floor this kind of sack full of different organs that he says it's an organic frame engineered um, directly into adulthood to match the client's age who they're actually for welcome to the next generation of science the agnet an organic frame engineered directly into adulthood to match the client's age you're looking at stage one it's development Within 12 months, it will be harvest ready, providing a carrier for your baby, second pair of lungs, fresh skin, all genetically indistinguishable from your own. And in compliance with the eugenics laws of 2015, all our agnates are maintained in a persistent vegetative state. They never achieve consciousness. And, it, uh, and I like the, the little insight just tells you everything you need to know through this, doesn't it? It's a clever way of of sort of explaining it all, isn't it? Rather than it being really mm. convoluted, it's sort of just there it is. Yeah, and it's I like that. I think it's good. And then whilst that's going on, he then um, and I can never ever pronounce this guy's name, but it's the guy from um, Gladiator, and it's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, and all I know is his name's Albert Laurent. And here it's like. <laughs> His, I can't pronounce his real name. I'm just too ignorant. But he's a really, really good actor. I like this guy. He's an um, African a- actor. And it's something like Dimon Honsu or something like that. But he's really, really good. Um, and he plays like an ex-Special Forces guy who's got loads of mercenaries. Who's You think he kind of surprises you at the end. You think it's going to be a no-nonsense and he hires, he's got his mercenaries, and he's not told the whole story, is he, really? He knows that they're products and that they're investments um, from Sean Bean, and they need hunting down, and that's what he's going to do. But he is willing to kill anyone who doesn't do as he says. So Yeah, it's... It, it's, it's yeah. And this is... I liked this film all the way up until this point, and then it starts getting really silly. It goes very Michael Bay after yeah. this point, doesn't it? It goes yeah. from, I can kind of see where this is going, I understand it, blah, 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 then it's like, bang, I've basically, it's turned into Transformers. Yeah, exactly. And, and he tells him everything to a certain yeah. extent um, that Sean Bean does. And this guy's morals and conscience flip every day like like a coin flipping through the air don't they it's mm. uh, this I, I like the, as you say the first half inside like the 
the kind of experiment inside this massive building is interesting. But I think as soon as they get out, I could be watching Bad Boys. I could be watching yeah. Transformers or yeah. anything because it's all done. It all goes stylish like an advert, like a music video. And it yeah. loses me really, really easy. And there's so many things that aren't right in this that you could easily make excuses. That when Ewan McGregor gets on that bike later on, how does he know what to do? How does he know what it's for? How yeah. does he know the purpose? It's it's contrived convenience. It a lot of this is, but yeah. So he tells him that several of his products um, have escaped. Uh, th- that this guy's going to hunt them down with the mercenaries, and he's going to be paid really, really well. And then the typical tropey mercenaries who possibly could have been in um, Sicario, exactly the same people. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that podcast that is, is available and very good. But, <laughs> So they're running away. And when you see Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Hansen outside, it, it made me laugh. The first thing they did was come across this rattlesnake. And obviously they don't know what it is. They've never seen it before. But it did make me chuckle. That, wouldn't yeah. it be funny if one of them got bitten and killed by it? Just trying to work <laughs> yeah. out what it is. Well, he's looking yeah. at it and it snaps at him. And he says, oh, I don't know what it is, but it hates me. Yeah, it's angry. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't care how old you are or anything. If you saw that, you'd shit your pants, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Even if, you know, it's, yeah. Something yeah. long and snappy is never going to be good. No. <laughs> I wouldn't know, mate, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so uh, he organises his soldiers to try and find him. And Hugh McGregor. The, is because he's got that box of matches again it's all convenience that he knows to follow what is it route 66 or some route route 59 yeah uh, route 39 to go to this bar the ace of spades and this is the matchbox that um he got from when he was with steve buscemi's character um and he's looking for him which the chances of him actually finding him are, are really really anorexic but they do <laughs> go to that bar um and again, they're wearing these tracksuits and they look really, really strange. And Ewan McGregor doesn't really know what he's doing. And the, the conversation they have it doesn't work for me. When he's speaking literal, like he's in the can, he's having a dump. Mm. That uh, Was that meant to be comedy, do you think? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was their take on comedy. I mean, this, this again, it just, it's too much, isn't it? In the sense of, you know, straight up or up. And she just looks up. And it's like, yeah, he's clearly talking about a freaking drink, isn't he? It's, this is the barman, you know, isn't he? James, yeah. yeah, Jamie McBride. What's up? Yeah, uh, do you know a guy named McCord? Yeah, we know that too. Who's asking? I am. And you would be who? Lincoln, six echo. Jordan, two delta. Right. Y'all some of those desert UFO freaks. You what? No. Mm-mm. I don't think so, no. no. McCord? Well, lucky day, Captain Kirk. He's in the can. He's in a can? Taking a dump. A dump? Taking it where? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Bobby, you're fixing to get on my nerves. It's the first door on the right. Yes. No, no. It, it, it was just ridiculous. It wasn't comedy. It wasn't needed. Yeah. It just yeah, it, it kind of yeah. pulled me out of it a little bit, and yeah. I, I know it's a, it's, it's a twelve, 
But I'm sure these kind of guys wouldn't have been as kind as they were to Scarlett Johansson if she walked in being so naive, if you get what I mean. Well, he was trying it, wasn't he? That bloke. Yeah. He's definitely going to uh, try and get her home. But it would have been That's good sure. if they would have tried it on with her and she would have kicked the shit out of someone. She would have had that. You've seen her fight already. And just to see how capable she is of looking after herself, I would have preferred yeah. that mm. than anything else. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's yeah. a nice way of doing it, definitely. I suppose being a 12, you're limited on to what you can do. They did try and make a, uh, like a homosexual reference when that guy walks in the toilets. And again, Ewan McGregor and Steve Buscemi's there with his yeah. trousers around his ankles. And again, that didn't work for me. I don't know why they started to try and bring, within this two minutes, so many jokes which weren't working. Mm. Yeah, it was rammed down your throat, wasn't it, so to speak? Yeah, and Buscemi agrees instantly to help him. And it was, to, to me, doesn't fit his character. I'd believe it more if he was trying to go behind their back mm. and pretending to help him, and they found out they escaped. It just didn't fit his character of what he was doing. Yeah. There, yeah, was, there, was, the thing. there was no real event for him to turn around, was there, no, to change his personality? No. He's got nothing to lose. And why he started getting morals and conscience now about everything, it, it didn't kind of, his character didn't give away that he was going in that direction. Okay, look, you're, uh, uh, well, you, you're not like me. Um, I mean, you're not, uh, human. I mean, you're human, but you just, you're not real. You're not like a real person like me. You're clones. And it was absolute nonsense. But well, yeah, it didn't make sense. It was, it was, unfortunately, with a lot of these films, it's something that happens to push the story along, isn't it? Rather than yeah, it yeah. actually making sense, which I think you get a lot in. No, I'm not trying to be a Michael Bay basher, but I think a lot of his films end up doing that. Mm. Things just happen conveniently so the story can be moved along, rather than what actually would happen is the fact that he turned around, oh my God, you know, what are you doing here? And then instantly phoning the boss saying, I've got two products in my, ha- in my house that I found in the bar. You know what I mean? It's just. Mm. Yeah, because he even said to them, this is when he sits down to them and says that they're being copies and not human. And again, it doesn't make sense that they have this conversation and Ewan McGregor is still on side with him and doesn't challenge him and say, well, I've spoken to you all this time. Why didn't you tell me this? And surely he'd question him and challenge him as to why he's dicked him over for all these years and spoken utter bullshit, you know? Yeah, lying to him. I completely agree. Completely agree. And still he goes on and trusts him. You wouldn't trust his geezer as far as you would throw him if, if he's just told you that, that he's bullshitted you all the time. And then and they he do have an argument. The, he says, you can't trust anyone. Well, <laughs> yeah. sweet, isn't it, coming from him? Yeah. yeah. I'll be included in that conversation. <laughs> but they do, he does decide to help him. For some reason, they do go and trust him. And they, and they, they get to a point where they go to the train station. They are being hunted down. And it had to happen at some point. And Steve Buscemi spots them when they're at the train station, the undercover agents. And he does shout out a warning to both of them to run because he's told them where to go and to basically challenge 
their um, clones, which is a, a strange thing to ask them to do, isn't it? To go to their clones and challenge them. But surely, and I thought that if someone has worked there that long, and I'm guessing he has worked there that long because he's that comfortable, Steve Buscemi is, I would have thought that there would have been some kind of tracker. He would have known about a tracking device and he would have told them to take these devices off. Yeah, considering, like you say, he's the maintenance guy. <clears throat> yeah. You know, so surely, you know, well, I don't know. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But then maybe there's so many massive departments within this organisation that not everyone knows everything. But it's again, that's quite convenient, isn't it? Yeah, so, and, it, and it's understandable when they track them through the credit cards and stuff like that, because that's been done in shitloads of films before, and it's a it's a tropey thing that they actually do go through. Yeah. And they get away again due to convenience, but Scarlett Johansson shoots this pursuer with a nail gun in the hand several times. It's a right old Home Alone trick, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I quite enjoyed lethal that. Weapon. Lethal, lethal Weapon as well. Both podcasts yeah. are available, and again, very good. nothing wrong with self-promotion is there no one else is going to do it you know but they do escape on this train um and again if he would have thought trains were going to be like that in 2019 rather than delayed because there's wet leaves or the wrong kind of snow on the track that he lived in a a really world of rose tinted glasses didn't he oh definitely this this film could never be set in the uk could it He's never travelled with Southwest trains. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but they're, they're kind of they're escaping and they go into this the city and, and I don't know what city it is, but it's a very futuristic city to the fact. Los that, Angeles. Is, is it Los Angeles? Because that's yeah. where um, Ewan McGregor's character, the proper one, so Tom yeah. Lincoln lives. So that's where uh, okay. they're going. And it's weird because. It's kind of like it's futuristic, as in some of the buildings, but and the trains are kind of on cables for. I don't quite know how they're working, but it's no one else. You think that they'd be on like a Back to the Future kind of like um, I don't know, like those skateboards that glide through the air and stuff like that. Everything else <laughs> seems pretty <laughs> mediocre yeah. as it is these days isn't it it's as if they lost their budget and they think well, look we can't go anything too far into the future well i think they isn't there a nod to that is um they've only just moved over to this new kind of rail system because they find themselves when they're running away from the from the from the baddies the villains on the back of this truck which has got a lot of railway um rolling wheels isn't it? Mm, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good point so, actually only just upgraded Maybe. only just begun and Scarlett Johansson sees herself as in her proper self as this model in this advert and again she looks absolutely stunning and again it kind of hits home the fact that she is just a clone and that there is someone else out there who has well, to a certain degree does have no idea that Scarlett Johansson um, exists and as in the character um, being Jordan 2 Delta which I do quite like that, but the chase scenes are—I don't know. What, what do you guys think of the chase scenes that they have? I like them. You like them? Yeah, I did. Enjoyed it. They're exciting, aren't they? But you always know that something weird is going to happen for them to get away. Yeah. If you see what I mean. 
such as the uh, rail cart um, wheels. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've been shooting up everything and the, the guy in the helicopter goes, oh, well, there's some cops. I'm going to bugger off now. So there's untold destruction. I don't think they're going to, you know, it's yeah. just, it's all a bit too convenient. Mm, it is. Like. Yeah. And when they're on the back of that truck um, and they're chucking those those big wheels out, as you said, uh, when you look at bad boys, I think, it, is it Bad Boys 2? Or is it I number no one? I can't remember. Number, no, I think bad, might be Bad Boys number one. Um, when they're going down that highway and uh, they're chucking all of that stuff out, those explosions and shit like that on TV and his missus sees him and everything. I mean, it, it's uh, a cutout straight from that. I mean, I, when was Bad Boys? I can't remember when Bad Boys was now. Uh, bad Boys was this. in 1995. Yeah. So... I mean, he took a scene. If you watch Bad Boys, there is a chase scene where in the back of a truck, and it's exactly the same as that scene when they're on the back of when there's that big train is and they're chucking the wheels off the back. It's there such a rip off. Right. Of, I mean, he's ripping off film. himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, well, I mean, I'm gonna do this. Oh, Bad Boys. That was everyone liked yeah. that. I'll do that again ten years later. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, that'll but do. I, I like the bit where Scarlett Johansson tries to call her own self. And the son can't even tell the difference when he's looking at the, <laughs> the video yeah. phone. Is that, that you, Mum? Yeah, Mum, is that you? And that, that's when it really hits home that it it kind of it is true. Like, what what can I do? And conveniently, so they don't have to explain any more story. All of like the uh, soldiers turn up, and that's when the chase is there. And that's when um, you see that, uh, that black African guy who's after him. And again, he's got no. He, he'll take them out. If the police didn't turn up at that time, he would have happily have taken them both out, really, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm, def- yeah. But, but it's weird, isn't it? Because they just go around fucking everything up, don't they, these guys, these mercenaries? Yeah. It's just... They're useless. Yeah, they are useless. And they're also... It's like, all right, you're going to go and kill two clones. Fair enough, but destroying half a city to do it just seems a bit excessive yeah it's an amazing kit as well and yes. it's weird they call them agnates don't they mm. and they don't explain as far as i'm aware of why they call them agnates being um the two runaways of their kind of a scientific name so and he doesn't want them booked in um so he says the two agnates um are booked so it'll impact your clients in a murder investigation so because he knows what's actually happening but the fact that then they can go and take out um los angeles police and yeah. yeah it's far-fetched uh, yeah yeah it's just absolutely ridiculous and conveniently again how many police stop in the middle of a crossroads and then they get sideswiped by a truck <laughs> i mean jesus christ yeah. I, mean, I don't know it's trope uh, fest isn't it it is a trope fest this film in certain parts <laughs> Yeah, when it comes it's... to this bit, like I said before, the first half, like you said, first half, it was really interesting because it was something completely different. And you're just like, oh, well, you know, how are they going to get around this? And it's quite a sick idea. And then mm. all of a sudden it just goes into really exciting, but crap action. Yeah. But it, it's, I, I think you could, 
I could I probably would be wrong. I'm wrong a hell of a lot of time. You could look at an action scene and you could guess, I think, that it was Michael Bay who did it. Mm. I honestly think yeah. you can guess that. I think you His, can. Like I say, I had no idea that it was him when I first watched this again because I, you know, back in when I just mm. enjoyed films for the sake of it, I yeah. didn't really give a shit who directed it. But watching this, as soon as I started seeing it, I was like, this is basically, like I said earlier, exactly the same as Transformers or any 100%. other film he's done. Any other film he's done, like Bad Boys and everything else. It's just over the top, ridiculous action where people were never going to survive it in a million years, but somehow they do. No, I don't, you don't need health insurance in a Michael Bay world because you're never no. going to die, are you? No, you can, your car no. can be wiped out by these wheels and you get out and you've got a couple of cuts to the head. And yeah, But Definitely. I have to say... I do like the the excitement and the the fast pace of mm. when these cars are being destroyed mm. with these wheels. I think it's I know it's been done before, but I do like it though. I think it's I love seeing no matter how old you are, you love seeing a car getting smashed up, didn't you? Oh yeah, it's one to get <laughs> divided in two, but some of it's in slow motion as well, which is quite good. I like that one. Just bring that. Down that is what Bay does. Yeah, you said yeah. Honestly, yeah. Michael Bay is like John Woo does doves people walking through smoke in slow motion with doves flying and that's what he does and bay does, does slow motion he does walking. he loves slow motion oh it's just so good but they do get away because the police and everyone else is crapping then you get these motorbikes which are like the motorbikes that reminded me in a terminator is it terminator salvation no, oh, the ones, yeah, the ones that pop out the big guy's legs yeah yeah another podcast another good one also available and <laughs> How, when Ewan McGregor takes one of them out, uh, how he knows how to, to fly this thing yeah. is utter nonsense. She even questions him. How, how do you know to fly, to ride this? That's yeah. kind of answered later. At the time, it you're is. like, fuck off. There's no way you can get on top of yeah. this and start riding it. But it's sort of explained later, isn't it? That he's... It is, yeah, and, uh, and you can explain that now if you want, mate. I'm more than happy, don't yeah, it's just basically apparently that, and I can't see how, I'm not a scientist, and obviously this is all make-believe, but apparently he's having his, the, his actual donor's memories. So because his donor learned how to ride and all this sort of stuff before he was turned into a clone, he has somehow learned, remembered how to do it. Yeah. Right. It's basically... Yeah layman's terms of how he knows how to do it yeah and the fact that he knows how to do it but he has no idea how he knows how to do it yeah and that bike would never have flown in the air like an aeroplane would it no that's no. that Paul, was you're just... our aviation next well yeah you, you control you've got four axes and he's only controlling neil why do you have to say something fucking... <laughs> hang on a minute strap yourselves in <laughs> That's enough you about four axes with like with with a fucking handles of a, bike, a motorbike. What do you do? You nod your head and it goes down. I don't know. Yeah, but you know what? I I was I was in for the ride, so I didn't really care. Oh, uh, oh that was unexpected <laughs> turn was. of events. There it was. <laughs> <laughs> As if the action doesn't get any more over the top, it goes into overdrive when. You and McGregor, Scarlett had to find himself halfway up this building on this big arse, this kind of massive R, which is like a, a sponsor, a name of a company on the side of a building. 
and they're getting the crap shot out of them. And yet again, more people can enter the building if they just stick stickers on them, these mercenaries, and they just shoot the crap. And this R falls from the 30th floor (laughs) of this building, and they're not dead. It is, yeah. Because it has a slight netting. And they fall into this. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. You'd just get on. shredded, wouldn't you? There'd just be like yeah. chunks of meat coming through the bottom. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's way fine. over the top. Not yeah. even a sprained wrist or, you know, an ankle or anything. They're fine. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll walk away from that. Yeah, it's nonsense. Um, yeah. And in the meantime, you, you see uh, that kind of you're reminded of how sinister that Sean Bean is when he's talking to. The guy who was kind of who was getting pissed off that he was never chosen for the lottery, and he makes yeah. the mistake of saying to Sean Bean, who he's kind of confided in, and it kind of shows the the side of Sean Bean like being the general of a, a Nazi concentration camp. Yeah. That he's he says he kind of talks about the future and some of the the stories and the beliefs that um, Ewan McGregor had, hmm. and. Uh, and then he basically gets killed. He gets injected in his neck. And it's, I imagine it's a very painful death. And it's good because you see Sean Bean do it himself. For once, yeah. he gets his own hands dirty, which he never really does. From from the minute this 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 character was introduced, you knew that his time was up. He was going to bite it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it's like, a matter of time. Yeah. He lasted longer than I thought he would, actually. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> What did you think of the scene when they go to Ewan McGregor's um, house or Tom Lincoln's house, who's the the guy who's paid for Ewan McGregor uh, to be kind of bred? And when you see two of them on screen, and this is something that's always difficult to do in films and often falls mm. flat. How mm. did you guys think it worked in this scenario? I thought it was I thought it was done quite well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I no. quite liked it. Um, I, his house, though, I'm not being funny. He loves himself, doesn't he? How many yeah. pictures of himself does he have? It's he had, ridiculous. He had this, yeah, not only that, there was that uh, in the background on the TV. It was it was him, wasn't it, on the <laughs> <laughs> on the on the movie? It's like, Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine he sits there at night rubbing himself off over himself. <laughs> I think he was single as well, though, wasn't he? So I might explain it. Yeah, there's a reason why. Yeah. So yeah. Someone walked into his house and go, hmm, someone, someone loves themselves. Yeah. Later. Yeah. He's got magazines of him, him in a yacht on the yeah, TV, yeah, photographs yeah. of him. Yeah. And it's why does he need reminding of him? Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, we and understand it, it's Tom Lincoln's house. We don't need a million pictures of him in his own house. In the dressing room next to the watch box is a picture of him on the side, like Frank. Morning, handsome. You know, it would have been great that if he was posing and they showed a picture of him posing in the photograph, like in Airplane. You know, they just <laughs> yeah. that? that would have been so funny. That really would have been. But yeah, this is where they must have thought the audience were just complete numpties. And yeah. they need reminding. And this is where we. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. We all need yeah. to do is to take a look at the story, and I'm sure the audience can pretty much work it out. And they even carry that on into the next scene where they analyse the brain scan they took earlier of Ewan McGregor, and they show it again and again and again. And he basically says, "Look how much it's grown." And I think even Sean Bean's like, "So what does that mean?" Well, it means that he's learned and he shouldn't learn. And again, they may as well turn around and break the fourth wall and look at the camera 
and ask the audience to keep up with it. <laughs> Do you know, that reminds me of something. Like, I remember watching a film, and the opening scene, it was a chap who was mourning his father's grave. His father's grave. And it's like Men of Honor or something. I can't remember what it was. The opening scene. And the great, the, the headstone wrote, read, his father. What? <laughs> Seriously, it just, just so the, audience, the audience knows it. It's his dad. It didn't say the name of the person. It just says his father. Wow. Oh my god. That's yeah. ridiculous. I know, I know, I know. It's just <laughs> sad. It's isn't it? <laughs> That's bollocks, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's nonsense. And there's no surprise that I mean Hugh McGregor's character, Tom Lincoln, can't believe that Scarlett Johansson is so fit, which I do like, and you learn he's a bit of a kind of a Florent, I can't even say the word, but he fucks everyone basically, doesn't yeah, he? And he's yeah. he's got kind of knob rot and that's what's going wrong with him. And that you learn that Ewan McGregor is a virgin. He's never kissed anyone and he doesn't understand about the birds and the bees, but he's, you see that boat, the foreshadow of the boat that he's um, thought about and dreamt about. And as you said earlier, Neil, that's, that's where it comes from, that he's somehow taken over kind of, he's got his memories and his dreams and, and his designs and even the motorbikes and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's just, it's very, very convenient, but it, it does explain as to why he's growing. And he agrees, you know for a fact that the cheesy smile on his face, that he is going to be a wrong one. And when he agrees to help yeah. him, you know for a fact that he's not going to help him. He's upstairs far too long and it doesn't cast any suspicion on their face, does it? <laughs> I know, no. I know. But it's just like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to get my shoes. 24 yeah. hours later. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a long time. Yeah, they were tricky yeah. laces. Yeah, yeah. Got them <laughs> yeah, I'm not very really good at laces. <laughs> you know, it's behind the house as well. You see where the boat is. It's right behind this beautiful house, which you think is in a fantastic setting. You've got a fucking Harland and Wolf shipyard behind you. Oh, is there? Yeah, you look at the back of the house. It just like it looks like a fucking looks like a a boatyard. I suppose well, he does design thing, boats, like a he? ship building. Yeah, but when he, they turn up, he look, they look like these on an industrial estate, which mm. is quite odd, isn't it? And then you've got this amazing house sort of plumped in it. But, yeah, hey. it's strange. But I did like you saw the president and the fact that Ewan McGregor yeah. recognises him. I thought that mm. was a really good touch as well. I can imagine like Trump doing something like that and this being his programme, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I get that. Injecting bleach into people to cure COVID and stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> giving out yeah. wonderful medical advice. I'm just the idea. I'm just the ideas guy. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the product placement in his house of when they do the like showing on the Nokia phones and stuff like that. It's oh, no. man, <clears throat> it's amazing cheesy product placement. It really is. And the photographs of you and McGregor all around the house. It's like you yeah. and McGregor product placement. <laughs> when they when they it's do so when they do um, futuristic films and they've and they've they use mobile phones and the phones just date the movie don't they just don't you look they at just. it you think oh that's yeah. just so yeah and, and it's unfortunate but yeah it's just a tiny little thing you think that no, just dated it now like yeah but yes yeah, really good point because i always think that now when i look at the first iron man and i think it's tony stark has that lg phone and when he presses it the screen goes sideways and right. it's it's so it's unbelievable because that whole film is just an amazing 10 out of 10 film. But when you see that phone, it's like, Jesus, this this really dates it. This 
isn't technology you know what i mean you have done yeah. far much more than this but yeah it's a really good point little things like that when you watch them in advance really sadly date a lot of films but i do like the car he's got the, uh, the cadillac yes. and that was a concept car actually out at the time um by the cadillac guys and they gave it to michael bay to use in this film which i thought was pretty cool that is cool, isn't it? Good looking the, the cars are interesting, aren't they? Because there's a lot of sort of cars that looked futuristic but are actually really old now. Yes. Sort of real cars like the mm. MX5, uh, the RX8 and stuff like that. That you yeah. see in a few shots and different things. Yeah, it's interesting. It must be really weird because it's so difficult to kind of keep things in date. As you say, like a phone will take you right out of a film pretty quick. But you do get um, they're captured again. Scarlett Johansson hasn't gone with them because they sense that something's wrong because she can tell by Ewan McGregor's eyes when he's lying somehow, um, even though they're like children when they're at this um, the complex. But she knows that he's lying. The proper Ewan McGregor is. Um, so they have this car chase yet again. It's another car chase that could have been bad boys in it. It's not a bad car chase, but it's. I'm getting a bit car chased out. I've got to be yeah. honest by this time. <clears throat> Paul, what did you think of this? Enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I just enjoyed the car chase. Um, oh, it, there was you. a lot of car chases, but yeah, it was just good fun. If there was a helicopter chase, would you have had a problem? There's a helicopter chase in it. <laughs> Tell us about that. So again, if if there was, there is a helicopter chase in it. Is how there is a helicopter chase? Yeah. Um, yeah, just a decent bit of low level flying. You say it so good, mate. You sound like Maverick from Top Gun when you say that. <laughs> yes, mate. Yeah, no, um, I enjoyed it. He gets to the stage where there's a shoot-off, which, to be honest, is nonsense. This bit really, really wouldn't have worked. When you've got that guy, he's got both of them. The Tom Lincoln has got a gun to the, the clone's head, Love and this guy see. can't tell which one is which. And surely Sean Bean would have told him how to tell the difference and what the clones have got on them. Yeah, but surely he, you and Regretti would have just shot him anyway. Mm. I suppose he was worried about yeah being shot. But yeah, yeah why didn't he shoot him? He's got a gun him? to his clone's head and he's turning around saying, I'm, I'm the real one. No, I'm the real one. And he's like, well, I've pay, paid for you. You're just, they're just growing me a new one. Yeah. Because he's trying to get him back to the institute anyway, so you would have just fucking, you know, I'm not being funny. If you were that callous and didn't care, because you just wanted him, because you've got, like you said earlier, knob rot. You know, you just shoot him anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah. Take his leg out, something. Yes, or whatever. You know, you just mm. probably he's got a gun to his head. Just shoot him in the head. Then there's no confusion, is there? Yeah, that's what you. Should, yeah, he could have shot him. Just dropped the gun and said, "Look, check it out." Or yeah. ask him, what's the name of the company? How much did you pay for me? Or there must yeah. have, he surely would have told him a way to work this out. It, it just, after all this chasing, to not know what you're looking for. And if he would have, he would have said, rung up Sean Bean and said, he's made contact with his actual kind of the person who bought him. Sean Bean surely would have said, this is the way you tell. They've got the scarring on their wrists. I mean, it. Yeah, I don't know. They just kind of sometimes I think they concentrate on the action rather than the story, and that's when it, it lets it down. 
the thing is, I mean, I'm not being funny. This guy's a, a trained mercenary, and it, him seeing a bracelet on his wrist all of a sudden appear, you're not going to then shoot him, are you? It's just, no. it's so tropey. Yeah, it is. You would have tasered him or something like that, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Well, I just don't think he. It, it was just so obvious, wasn't it? it just. Mm. But there you go. It, yeah, and there's no way that he wouldn't have seen Hugh McGregor putting that bracelet on his wrist. No. That was absolute nonsense. No. But it was good. It was a good scene. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't too yeah. bad, to be honest. And, and Sean Bean makes a decision to terminate every single... You've got, like, the Echo ones, and it's kind of like mobile phones, isn't it, where you bring a brand-new series in, and it's concerned <laughs> that all of them are going to go and get a conscience, so he decides to terminate every single kind of... Not the human, but every single clone, doesn't he? There's 200 millions worth of product that he's going to destroy. Yeah. Which is fair play, to be honest. And then Ewan McGregor gets a call the, um, from like, the marketing guy. And that's when the kind of shit hits the fan. The things turn a bit difficult. But because the, his actual clone um, or supposed clone has died, that he then has to go into the facility to be measured up so then they can make another one. And it's a scruples of what does he do? Because he could, he could try and stay out, but then they soon realise when they bring the body back, the one that's actually shot, that they this guy, the incompetent guy, shot the wrong person. <laughs> and it's just a and the story they come up with and it, of how to get them out that Scarlett Johansson gets captured, and then uh, Ewan McGregor is going to go back to the facility in a hope. I mean, it's a real ballsy. The odds are so high uh, against him that it's going to work. No. That he's going to then go in there and break her out. It's it's so contrived, isn't it? Oh, massively, massively. It's just, yeah, it's all very, very convenient, isn't it? It's all. Very, I did like the fact that they um they gave into their urges, though, didn't they? And they mm. had a bit of nookie. Yeah. And yeah. All you and kept doing was saying oh why haven't we done this before and she's just like will you just shut up you would shoot your load within 10 seconds there's no way that was the best several seconds of his life yeah it would have been absolutely awesome that they decide to get it on the next thing you hear is is that it oh (laughs) sorry (laughs) for christ's sake (laughs) i mean how would he know what to do how would he know what it is you know, uh, it's, instinct. It's instinct, isn't it? So, but I'm sure yeah, uh, Lincoln has probably got a few of them of himself in there, so they must probably watch that. But you would not last long with you. It's Scarlett Johansson there, and you've never not went out before. Then you've got a loaded gun, Mate. honestly. Never going to happen Just... in a million years. <laughs> 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 So Sean Bean, being a complete wanker that he is, decides that the best way to deal with this problem is have a mass lottery and decide to kill everyone in there uh, and give them their moment of happiness, believing that they're going to go to the island. And what they're actually going to do is lock them in a massive room. And I, Do you think he was going to gas them or do you think he was going to incinerate them? Well, no, it's an incinerator, isn't it, on the side? On, on the door, it's an incinerator in big letters. Oh really? Is that? Oh okay. Yeah, big red letters, incinerator. 
Oh, so yeah, because I thought that, but when they escape, they all come out coughing like as in they've, they've been gassed. Well, they started firing the jets up, but it obviously didn't get time enough to actually do anything, you know, to, to properly work. But yeah, that's insane, isn't it? To mm. oh, incinerate completely. them alive, just yeah. being it's proper. Yeah. Well, yeah. And why does um, the soldier, the mercenary who's hired, start to get a conscience yeah why does he do that i don't understand it he explains he, something about his father later on doesn't he being in some sort of army and branded yeah and he was or his family were all branded for being lesser like lesser humans or something like that so i think that's what made him feel because he saw the tattoo or the not tattoo the sort of burnt lettering on Scarlet's um, wrist and I think that's when he started feeling that like he was the same or they were the same as him you know my father was part of the Bukinabi rebellion and when he was killed me and my brothers were branded so others would know we were less than human I've seen and done things I'm not proud of but at some point you realise war business so when did killing become a business for you yeah yeah that's the brand yeah you're right and it's a touching branding story but i i I don't (laughs) get what's in my voice then i'm so good with people i'm a real people person you like a touching branding story don't you Stu? Yeah, I think everyone needs a touching branding story, especially <laughs> when you go out down the pub or for a meal. But I still don't get... It's an icebreaker. That's what I use it for. <laughs> it is, yeah. How was your day today? Yeah, I was branded. So yeah. uh, it's oh. wonderful. But I don't get how that made him have a massive change in conscience. A change so big that he then decides to kill his employers and the people he's working with. Uh, and he has a complete change of heart. It's... Mm. I, I honestly don't understand it he's not personally affected by this and he's clearly hunted people down in the past um because he's obviously a go-to person for these kind of scenarios so i I don't get why he's got the conscience now it's really weird if he would have seen all of those people outside waiting to go in to the room and interacted with them knowing they're going to die then fair enough you'd feel a bit guilty about it but i don't know he just it doesn't match his character does it yeah no, I think it's it's to sort of, and I'm maybe I'm giving this too much credit, but I think it is just to show that he has got a human side to him in the sense that he, he isn't just a mercenary, and this obviously resonated with him and made him want to be a good boy. Yeah, I I, I suppose in a certain way that you can see that he doesn't like Sean Bean and that Sean Bean has got that god complex, and possibly. That might grate him more than anything else. The fact that Sean Bean does believe he's like a god character because he mm. turns around and says, "What if I can, or I can cure leukemia and I can give people life back?" And yeah. maybe that fucks him off more than anything else. I, I, I don't know. I'm, really, I'm just guessing, but I, I was struggling to find the motivations as to what brought it around enough for him to be like that it would have been interesting if they would have gone there and you would have actually seen one of his clones there that he was that two-faced that he ordered one for himself <laughs> yeah that would be funny wouldn't it but yeah 
yeah, no, I think it's yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's not particularly believable, but they shoehorned and enough as an excuse to be able to make it work. I guess. Yeah. Because it's only when uh, Ewan McGregor's character is trying to um, destroy the actual building, it's like destroying the tractor beam from the for the Death Star, where he's on his own mission as Obi Wan Kenobi, which he later was. Um, mm. That it kind of the alarm goes off and it gets the interest of that guy, and then he finds Scarlett Johansson, and you think he's going to take her down, but he doesn't. He takes the gun off her, and all of a sudden his allegiance have swapped, and, and that's it. And the fight between, what did you think of the, when the confrontation, when Ewan McGregor comes face to face with Sean Bean and they have a fight? What did you think of that? Um, it wasn't quite golden eye, was it? <laughs> you are so kind. <laughs> <laughs> it was only going to end one way and it wasn't going to end in his favour, was it? No. No, no it's, but, uh, but uh, why would you why why would you bring a harpoon <laughs> to a party would be my question mm. who throws a, a cupcake gun. yeah exactly <laughs> who throws a shoe it's just you know it just it didn't make sense and the fact that he kept sort of running off and then he dragged him back and then when he shoots him through the throat yeah. doesn't he? he he sort of twists it round and shoots him but he takes forever to die he does yeah so, considering you've like, got a massive hook through your windpipe and your throat yeah. then but it was convenient because yeah. they do have a, a, a really a shitty fight in a way it's like the fight in bridget jones at the end of it <laughs> <laughs> do you know it, it, it it's always the same in movies right no matter which what movie you watch it would someone's just about to, to bite it when they're getting strangled or whatever and the weapon's just out of reach. Yeah, 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 get a hold of it and they, they clobber them or shoot them or whatever. But it's just, yeah, just out was, of reach. It's all this. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant, you know, wasn't it? The fact that he had that weapon pointed at his face and then he decided to put it next to him so he could strangle him. And it was, <laughs> it's just so convenient. Thank yeah. so, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll use it and shoot you in the throat. Yeah. And he was even, so, that happened. So he turns and shoots Sean Bean in the throat. And as you said, Neil, that that it, everything starts to break away, like it does in any film where you get the evil lair starts to fall apart, that he's left there hanging by his throat with this rope. And it does take an incredibly long time to die. And there's a distinct <laughs> lack of blood. As well. He's waiting for that two, two hours, six minutes. He's like, one more minute. Come on, I've got yeah, my personal best. I'm being paid by the minute in this film, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, I'm not being funny because his entire, they're supporting each other's weight, aren't they? When they're yeah. hanging over that thing. Now, yeah. Ewan's got a hook in the shoulder, so maybe it could be hooked around a bone or something like that, but it's only through Sean Bean's throat. There is no yeah. fucking way his throat is going to hold the weight of you and McGregor. No. And then he's going to slowly go, oh, oh, I'm, you know, oh, I'm dying now. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> no. It would have yeah. ripped back out of his throat and he would have gone f- falling down the shaft. It's just, yeah, yeah it's absolute yeah. nonsense. It's really. brilliant. Are you, you, right? you gone yet? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you gone yet? Cinema. Not yet. Yeah. 
it is an incinerator, isn't it? Those guys are going, yeah, I've just seen it's written on the door. And um, yeah, they all get rescued and uh, the guards are killed and everyone escapes. And it's they're never going to get that dirt out of those whites, are they? End of the day. No, there's lots of continuity errors with those whites as well, which annoys me in films where they're rolling around on the floor and then you see them running the next minute and they're pristine. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, not it's, a scuff mark in sight. Yeah, it's like, come on. It's if you're gonna wear white, at least, you know, have the decency to fucking keep it dirty when you're in the middle of a fight scene. Just don't you know, shit like that winds me up. Yeah, it's so I love this film, it's so stylish in it, isn't it? It's just yeah. everyone's a model and it's just brilliant. And for once the fat person in this film didn't die, I was really, really pleased. It's it's relief and it ends on the boat. Um, on the what it's called the Skitty Bolognese <laughs> and um, <laughs> the Radio <and> Renato <laughs> they're on there and they're in love and they've escaped and yeah that's the end of the film really I mean it's it's a happy ending for once and uh, everyone gets away and the baddies die as they should do in a 12A yes yeah. so yeah I mean we'll go straight to it Okay, Paul, you've never seen this film before. You were an right. island virgin. What did you think, mate? What was your thoughts? Thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah, through all its faults. Um, <clears throat> all its faults that we've pointed out and probably more. I, I just, it was a good film. I, you know, really enjoyed it. I'd give it probably four, four Ooh. out of five. Ooh, and I would nice. recommend it to anyone because it's, it's just, a, it's two hours. But it's two hours of just entertainment. Dark in point, points, but yeah, two hours of entertainment. Loved it. Do you think nice. it would have been better if it was a 15? What, you mean if they'd have adap- adapted it for a 15 as well? Yeah. Or just re-rate? Uh, I think it could have been darker. Um, I, I think, not, may, yeah, may, maybe, but pff, yeah, I think it's good enough for a 12A. Eh? Yeah. No, that's interesting. Um mm. Really I, com- I completely agree with you Paul I mean I know we obviously for this podcast we do pick these things up and we're looking more into it and no one looks into films normally kind of like the way we do unless you're doing a podcast about it but I thought it was good I enjoyed the story I enjoyed the first half when they're in the kind of uh, in the facility more and I'd like to know more about that after they escaped I found it was like a Michael Bay music video. The, the chases were pretty good. I got chased out after a while and I lost the excitement. Um, you know, Michael Bay um, directed Wilson Phillips. <laughs> yeah, he's done loads of music videos, isn't he? That's what he kind yeah. of started doing. Yeah. There wasn't any car chases in Wilson Phillips. Though, it was, was it? not, no. No, no there sure wasn't. No. Given the chance, he would have done. But <laughs> I'd uh, I'd recommend this to people. And I'd recommend it with the caveat that it is very Michael Bay and it's way over the top and (laughs) it's kind of what comes with him. But it's enjoyable. I don't think I'd want to watch this again for a long time. Um, I didn't like it that much. And if it was on, I think I'd probably have the opinion I've just seen this. I'm not interested in watching it again. Uh, I'd give it, I'd say, a three out of five. Um aren't any particularly bad bits i think the more kind of boring bits as in the second half uh a bit repetitive but on the whole as i like it on the whole i enjoyed it (laughs) 
felt good on the whole. It did feel good on the whole, and to be honest, and I think that's always worth a three. Yeah, no, I agree. When I rewatched this film, I, it was one of those moments where you know you have a fond memory of something, mm. and you're like, oh yeah, and then you watch it again, and then you're like, oh fuck, that's not how I remember it at all. And yeah. that's coming back to it to review it. That's very much how I felt about this film because mm. I was sat there and I it started off and I really enjoyed it and like we said the first half of the film absolutely fantastic and then as soon as that second half hit and all the convenience and now, now I know it's Michael Bay and realised what other things he's done it just became very Michael Bay like Stu just said my interest in it and the enjoyment did lapse. But yeah. I still, overall, mm. I enjoy it because of the story and everything else. And I think it's a really interesting sort of way of, like we said earlier, of it makes you think about things in a different way and what have you. So I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. I'd probably give it similar to you. I'd probably give it a three out of five. And, yeah, I'd recommend it and take it with a pinch of salt in the sense of it is an action film. They will fall off things and not die or even hurt themselves in the slightest um but yeah the first half brilliant um second half it just it's just too much convenience for me that sort of annoys me um and continuity sort of errors and stuff like that especially where people they can track you what you do throughout the whole day but when it when the lights go off you can do what the hell you want you know and it was just a bit too easy in certain aspects but no thoroughly enjoyable mm. Yeah, I, I um, would like to have seen this, or a version of this, um, like a, a 15 or an 18, yeah, something definitely. quite dark by by someone, I, I don't know, by someone who can do um, things that are, are pretty dark, you know what someone I mean? Someone that maybe has done Squid Game. Oh, Squid Game's amazing. Just started watching that. Yeah. Just started watching that. Absolutely incredible. But yeah, like, someone it's like, amazing. It is brilliant. Like Eli Roth would have been good at this. Mm. I, I think it would have been twisted and you could have made it really dark. And he's done that kind of torture porn with like the hostile films. I I don't want kind of too much like, horror and gore, but the darker side of it, I think, Definitely. would have been quite interesting. But yeah, so, but yeah, the Squid Game, how amazing is that? It's, it's so fantastic. good. fantastic. It is fantastic. Oh, when I first, because I started watching it because the fact that you sort of, recommended it and when i first started watching i thought what the hell is this yeah but as it gets into it sort of end of the first episode going into the seconds and you're like bloody hell this is this is nuts yeah <laughs> absolutely mental i haven't seen the last one yet but i've up until that i've thoroughly enjoyed it i'm still on the first episode you know you're talking about the, the, the first my, my relationship with Ferris Bueller's Day Off, completely different film, is very similar to that. The first half is great, you know, all the all the fun and and the, the stuff that gets your interest in the first half. And the second half of the film, it just starts to just dive bomb a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's not as yeah. It doesn't sort of have it have the same momentum and, and interest for me. It's weird. I always think when you when you pick a film when we kind of review them, sometimes it's nice to pick a film that no one's seen and it's open to everyone which we've done um a couple of times especially recently but when you pick a film that you like and it's your go-to film 
that you do get i find like particularly myself that sometimes i get quite protective of it and you get a bit worried about it you think i'm gonna put myself out there and i want to say <laughs> why i like this film but you know when you watch it for like the review that you're looking at like, the, the cinematography the, like, the score the the script the acting mm. the continuity and you could find yourself picking apart your own film mm. and it's yeah. It's really tricky. It's that really fine line in between kind of watching it with your brain switched off and just enjoying it and picking it apart and thinking, fuck, I used to really like that film. And Do you think Do you think that doing that ruins it the next time you see it or ruins it in the future for you for what your favourite films were you? Uh, no, not in... I, I think it's... It does at that point, but mm. then I can switch off and it's like my comfort blanket and I can go back mm. to it and yeah. like yeah. and all the things that I like it like I mean, I'll go back I've mentioned it a load of times like Lucy that film you could pick that apart so much and that film film got slated and panned mm. but there's just something about that film that I just I mean Scarlett Johansson is amazing but I just love the idea of that film and I and it just just works for me it's my go-to film I love it and and it is shit and you could pick holes in it the ending is <laughs> terrible but I just I'm, love it. The same with Back to the Future. We put, we, we pulled them apart, but I still go back to it like any day of the week. Yeah, there's so many films like that, isn't it? You, they're your favourite for a reason, and mm. they're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But you are right. When I when I started watching this, I was like, oh shit, they're going to rip me to pieces. I, I loved it. This. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but it was like um, it was like watching a Die Hard for me. You know that that just pure action and yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm pleased you liked it. No, it's just good to any. It's just good to talk about, and it's good to to have something different. And, and I love listening to why other people like these films. And often they make you look at it in a different way. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good because you could then go into it with a film that you don't like coming out of it, thinking, actually, I never thought about it in this way, and it, now it really makes sense and it works for me. So I, I, it can work the other way, which is good. But I mean, after this, we are gonna. We're either going to go down, we've not decided yet, but it's either going to be The Matrix um, 2 and 3 or Reloaded, fucking whatever they're called, they're so confusing. But we're either going to go down that road, we've not decided yet, as in probably what we're going to do, or it's going to be another case of we'll just choose three more random films, which I'll post out um, on uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, Film Real Cast, we're on there. And we'll just review them so we've not decided yet um we'll get our heads together and we'll find out what we're going to do but um yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens but there'll definitely be something else coming out um i'd say check out all of the back catalogue we've got cobra kai we've got um all about the marvel series which are on disney plus so there's so much that you can listen to and if you really like uh, those films you can leave your comments as well but every week we're trying to get these films out and also when there's something on disney plus of interest we'll be on there reviewing those as well we'll let you know when we're going to do that and give you plenty of notice so is there anything else guys before we go that you want to bring up and talk about no no other than um talking of disney plus they've they're bringing out um obi-wan kenobi as a series aren't they and And who's that going to be is that going to be ewan mcgregor is it i believe it is and um Obviously, they're going to do another Marvel miniseries as well, aren't they? Which is coming out soon as well. 
So, yeah, it's going to be. I know Hawkeye's coming out, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Which, which I'm is... quite excited for both of those. Yeah. Because if um, the Obi Wan Kenobi story is anywhere near as good as Mandalorian, it's going to be epic. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll definitely review those. Definitely, yeah. we'll, we'll go back to doing that. And I think it's good that Jeremy Renner's getting a fair crack at a whip, and I hope they um, do him justice for Hawkeye. Yeah. So that'll be great. But that is it. So. Join us next week or whenever you're listening to these podcasts and we'll have another film to review. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. Check out The Island. It's currently on Netflix and listen to the podcast. We'll be back. Take care and see you later.